Well, it's a pleasure to have Pastor Tuck Barna with us at Empower 2019. Uh, Tuck, together with his wife, Adrienne, pastor Church Unlimited, a thriving uh, multi-campus church based in Auckland, uh, New Zealand. Uh, Tuck is also the host of Running With Fire, a radio, TV and magazine ministry that goes into 80 countries all around the world. Uh, he hosts an annual conference called uh, New Zealand and Beyond, uh, a conference which brings together churches from all over New Zealand. I was privileged to be there a couple of months ago. Just a great conference and really sensed the presence of God. Uh, Tark travels extensively around New Zealand and the nations of the world, uh, fulfilling his deep passion to see the rapid growth and advancement of the Kingdom of God. Uh, he's a man of prayer. He doesn't just talk about prayer. He's a man of prayer. He doesn't just talk about fasting. He's a man who fasts and has a deep passion to see revival come to the body of Christ. Um, I've always been impacted by his ministry. One of the great things with the modern podcasts, etc., is that you can be blessed by someone who ministers in another country, in another nation. And I was listening to Pastor Tart for many years devotionally and been blessed by his ministry. He's down to earth. He's a humble man of God who ministers in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we're privileged to have him with us tonight. So I want you to give him a big uh, Life Christian Center welcome, CCA welcome, as he comes to share the mighty Word of God. Amen. Thank you. Good evening, Adelaide. <clears throat> Love your weather. It's raining cats and dogs in Auckland right now. How many of you been to New Zealand? Oh, so many of you. Those of you who haven't been, I want to invite you all to come and join us. And uh, also, I'd like to um, have that music band, all the band and the singers. I'm going to make them offers they can't refuse, Joe. I'm sorry. <laughs> How good was that music? Hey? <clears throat> not, was, not just was the music good, but the presence of God. My goodness. It was amazing. Yeah, I mean, I love the presence of God. And so when I sense it and experience it, I just, I've said to my daughter, She's here with me today. I said two or three of those songs. I said, we've got to grab those songs and take them back and uh, take the musicians and singers with us as well. <laughs> oh, I'm on to this, man. I'm not going to let this go easily. So, uh, but look, it's just a, a huge honor to be here tonight. And uh, just thank you so much, uh, Pastor Joe and Lena, is it? Lena? Okay. Yeah, both of you for an uh, opportunity to be here. Just an honor to be, uh, to have uh, your pulpit over the next few days, um, you know, it's, it's a privilege to be in anyone's pulpit. Yeah. You know, people have spent years building a platform, and then they let someone else into it. It's, uh, you know, it's always a, a humbling uh, thing, and I really appreciate the opportunity to be here uh, with you guys uh, and to be a part of this conference. So just to know a little bit of who I am, um, I was actually New Zealand born and my parents were from India and uh, I have uh, one daughter, so ask my daughter Jody to stand and just give the people a big wave and say hi. You'll probably hear more about her in the session somewhere along the line, there's quite a bit of story behind all that. I have two grandchildren and I have one wife. <laughs> it's all I can handle. <laughs> So he's got a couple of, we've got a few photos there of the family going to come up for you. I think we sent them through. Are they, 
going to be there or not going to be there. I'm not sure. But maybe they're going to... Can anyone wave? No. They're not there? Okay. All right. They're not there. Okay. Someone's got fired back in Auckland. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, look, what I do have, I don't have to rely on that. I brought them myself. We've written a couple of books. In fact, they're my material, but my wife actually writes them because, uh, you know, English is my second language. Well, not really, but people would think it is. Uh, so uh, what, this one here is called Wide for the Supernatural. And what, what it's about, it's not just about healing people and casting out demons or whatever. So this is God's supernatural power available in every area of your life. So in the marketplace, you need to be a great mum or a great dad. You know, just, uh, uh, you know, in, in, in housework, um, any area of your life, just, you know, we, you, know, we, you know, be a great husband, <laughs> all that sort of stuff. Who knows that needs supernatural power? Yeah, yeah. All the wives said amen, and they're not doing too well. But anyway, so it's, you know, it really opens up the supernatural in everyday life. And uh, it's a message in itself. So, um, I want, to, I want to give that away to someone. Has anyone got a birthday this last week? Here we go. It's yours. Yesterday. There we go. You don't even have to tell us your age. It's yours. Okay. How much? Fantastic. Same as me. Same as me. We're both the same age. How about that? What a miracle. And this other one here is called Power Unlimited. And it's actually about the blood of Jesus. And, uh, you know, I've thought about this for quite a while. In Revelation 12, it says they overcame him by the, the blood of the Lamb. The number, one, the number one thing was the blood of the Lamb. And a lot of people know very little about the blood of Jesus. And sometimes I reckon that is the key to victory in our lives. So if there's someone here tonight and uh, you had a, a wedding anniversary, what month are we in, by the way? Was it July? Anyone a wedding anniversary in July? Anyone? Here we go, right down here. When you sit at the front, there we go. How many years have you been married? Ten years. Ten years. Wow. It's fantastic. There you go. So if you can pay for those books (laughs) on the way out. They're $30 because I gave them to you. But if you want to buy them out there, just $10, all right? So... Seriously, there are $10 each out there. I don't know how many. We didn't bring that many of each. So if you want those, uh, that'll be great. All right. Just as we come into the Word of God tonight, before we do, can you just turn the person next to you and just say, you're actually the best looking person here tonight. You know, for some of you, that's the first time anyone's ever said that to you in your whole life. You heard it here first, all right? Remember, in Adelaide, Adam Power. <laughs> Father, we thank you for your presence. That's so evident, Lord, in this house tonight. And Lord, we know where your presence is, there's the activity of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, that's what we need more than anything else. But we don't need another message. But Lord, we do need you, and we do need to hear your voice. So Holy Spirit, would you help every person here tonight to hear the voice within the voice? Lord, not just so much the voice of the man, but the voice of your spirit. 
Lord, that can change us, transform us, can move us forward. So, Father, would you give us ears to hear, Lord, what your Spirit would say to us tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <clears throat> just before we get into the Word of God, just a, a couple of things just that I felt during the time in worship. And when we we're singing that song, you know, the promises of God are yes and amen. I have a sense that there are people here tonight and you've had promises from God and you're really wondering, man, is this ever going to happen? And some of you actually have given up on that word. And also the thought is there's some promises you've had that you've actually forgotten. God's going to remind you of them. I don't know when, but he will. But he wants you to know tonight that you know, his promises are yes and amen. And what he has spoken, God will bring to pass in your life. So grab a hold of some of those promises, maybe that you've let go, and just pick them up again. Because, you know, promises from man are one thing, but promises from God are the most precious thing that you have. Yeah, awesome. And the other thing also, for, just for, for Joe, for yourself and your wife, Lena, um, I know you mentioned it uh, even as you were opening up the meeting tonight, but I really feel this is for you, that eye has not seen, nor ear has not heard what God has prepared for those who love him, for what God has for you in the future, I think is going to surprise you. Yeah, I don't know how you are for surprises, but I think there's one coming or there's some coming uh, in the near future. What I want to share with you, I wonder how many people here tonight, you need a breakthrough in some area of your life. Give me a wave if you need a break. Because if you don't, you're actually dead. <laughs> Seriously, I, I probably need about 50 breakthroughs in my life, you know, if I'm really honest. So many different areas of my life, I need a breakthrough. And uh, maybe in your family, in your marriage, your finances, your health, your walk with God, your ministry or whatever. What I want to speak about tonight is what I believe is, has been my experience as the single greatest key that I know to breakthrough that I've seen happen in my own life. I've seen it happen in my marriage. I've seen it happen in our church in, in many different areas of our life. And so this message tonight, the whole aim of it is to really build your faith to see the breakthrough that you are after. Yes. And can I just encourage you right now? I want you to, to name in your mind that breakthrough that you're after. I, I, don't, I suggest you don't go for two or three. Why don't you just hone in on that one that you're really keen on, that you really need to see God do in your life, in your ministry, wherever it might be. Just, just think about that one because as I preach, I want your faith to build yeah. Towards that one area of breakthrough, I've got one in my mind for me for tonight, all right, that I'm really chasing after, and I need it. I really need it in my life, and I'm sure you need one. So just, just keep that, because I like to hang things on a message, you know, and so at the end, we're going to make some, uh, going to go after some of these breakthroughs, and we're going to show you, hopefully, how to do it. But, uh, you know, God has a miracle for you. God has a miracle for you. Do you know that God is a God of miracles? If you, the book of this Bible from Genesis to Revelation, almost on every chapter, you're going to find that there is a miracle in there. We serve a miracle working God, and it's time to restore miracles to the church of Jesus Christ. So I want you to tell the person next to you, God has got a miracle for you. Come on, nice and loud. They need to hear it. There's, there's, a, there's a miracle heading in your direction. It's got your name on it. 
All right, get ready to receive a miracle from God. You see, miracles should not be the exception. They should be the normal. They should be regular. They should be what's happening all the time. And I'm really believing that over the course of this conference that something significant is going to happen in your life. I am tired of meetings where people come and they go and they leave the same as they came in. How can you be with God and not be changed? Come on, we need something to shift in your life. We want something to move in your life. We want to see a breakthrough in your life before the end of this conference. And as I've been praying for this conference over the last week or so, I've been asking God that I want a move of God. I want to, anyone else for a move of God in this place? Do you think God still does that today? I reckon he does. And Boy, with the atmosphere I felt beforehand, I thought, boy, we're already in a move of God. I mean, God has already touched my life uh, during the course of the worship today. And so we're going to believe for that, to this area. And so just think of that one area. And uh, you know that song that they sang about the grave, you know? And uh, remember when Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. And he came forth from the grave. Whatever that grave is in your life, you know, we want to call it forth today. And we want God to release you from that grave. We want Him to set you free from the grave that's holding you down and holding you back and holding you under because He is the grave robber, isn't He? He is the one that empties the graves. And we have graves in our lives, if we're honest, that we want to be set free from. During a uh, time of prayer and fasting a while back, the Lord spoke a phrase to my heart, and it got me, caught me a little bit by surprise. And he said, Tuck, you need to know I'm not just the God of breakthroughs. I'm not, not the Lord of the breakthroughs. Have we got the slides for the breakthrough stuff? Oh, yeah, here we go. Oh, they might just get their job back, all right? All right. So, but he said, Tuck, you need to know I'm not just the Lord of the breakthrough. I'm the Lord of mighty breakthroughs. I want to take it to another, you know, the parting the Red Sea kind of stuff. You know, that's a pretty awesome breakthrough, isn't it? And after God spoke it to me, it's almost as if to confirm it, as someone walked into our church offices, uh, the reception uh, uh, that same week, and handed over a check to the uh, receptionist there for the church for $100,000. And it was like God was saying, see, I'm the, I am the God of the breakthrough. We had a lady in our church not long ago who's been uh, healed 90% or 95% from Parkinson's disease. You're getting up there a little bit, eh? You know, but why are we surprised, you know? But we are surprised, aren't we? He is the God of breakthroughs. And so if you think about all through history, mankind has made breakthroughs. You think of the, the, the automobile. You know, you think of the, the airplane. I mean, I'm flying up in those things, four, 500 people there. I wonder how on earth do these things stay up there? And I, I try not to think about it too much while we're flying because you're wondering, you know, gosh, you know, they always say, you know, in case of emergency, oxygen masks are going to come down. I reckon once those masks are coming down, it's, it's over anyway. Forget about the oxygen masks. They're a waste of time. You know, these rafts that are going to come, you're going to go down, sliding down and wanting to the Indian Ocean or something. No, forget all that. So, but, you know, you know, then there's the iPhone and the iPad and the, the iron and the, <laughs> you know, all these inventions, medical breakthroughs. You know, we can put a man on the moon. Come on. Mankind is wired for breakthrough. It's in our wiring. We're designed for it. How much more as Christians, with God in our lives, are we wired for breakthroughs? And, uh, 
you know, one, one of the things that we need to understand is that, that, that God is on our side, and He wants us to win, and He wants us to break through, and He can enable us. He's put an, an anointing upon us. And one of the reasons He did that is because He knew that tonight you'd be sitting here facing a mountain that looked impossible, facing an obstacle that you think, there's no way through this thing. And so because God, knowing that in advance, He put in you an anointing for breakthrough so that you can push through some of these things and see victory in Jesus' name. And my proof that, uh, that, you, that, you can, that God breakthrough anointing is upon you is that many of you have already had a breakthrough in your life, at least one, maybe in your finances, maybe in a relationship, maybe in your family, maybe in your job. Show me your hand, raise your hand if you've had a breakthrough somewhere along your life, time in your life. Okay, virtually every hand goes up. So if you've had one breakthrough, you can have another one, and another one, and another one. And you can keep having breakthroughs all through your life. However, I just want to make a disclaimer right now. And that is don't allow a bad experience to rob you of your faith. You see, I've had many breakthroughs, but I've had a lot of areas where I've not had a breakthrough. And so I could easily look at all those non-breakthrough areas and think, flag this message, it doesn't work. No, it does work. Because you see, I, I, I will not allow my experience to define my faith. My faith is defined by the Word of God. And the Word of God says He's a God of breakthrough. He's a God of miracles. And otherwise, what happens, and I might talk a bit more about this tomorrow, is we allow a bad experience to paralyze us. And we get stuck in that moment, and we just think God can't do any of this stuff anymore. So that's my disclaimer. No, you don't get every breakthrough you're after. But I'm telling you this, there's a lot of breakthroughs heading in your direction. God's going to do a lot of amazing things in your life in the, coming in, in the days that are ahead of you. All right, so Micah 2 verse 13 says, Messiah, the breaker Messiah will go up before them. They will break through. Jesus, Messiah, is a breakthrough, breaker. And he can break through all opposition. We know that. No mountains too high, no valleys too deep. He can break through everything. The good news is this, is where does the breaker live? <laughs> He's actually living in your heart. The breaker is inside of us. And for some of us, he's wanting to break out. He's wanting to break in. He's wanting to break through. He's wanting to do these things in our lives. But he is in our hearts. So there was a time in my church many years ago where when I first started taking over this church, and there was a lot of unsaved husbands, and the wives would be coming to church with four or five kids or two or three kids, however many, and it was a real pain for them. It was a hard work. And I, you know, I just commended them for coming to church on their own with their husbands, you know, probably sleeping, uh, sleeping it off, having got drunk the night before or whatever they might be doing. And then after a while, I realized, I thought, man, this is not right. This is not right. We need a breakthrough. We need to change this. Listen, we put up with too much. And we say, well, that's the way it is. No, no, it's, no, 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 this is the way it is. <laughs> Let's go back to this, this is the way it is. So we, we said, no, this is not right. So we began to pray. And we just said, cry out to God. And we said, God, you, would, you, would you get a hold of these men? You know, we don't know where they're at, but we don't want to see these women coming on their own for too much longer. And so we really cried out to God for a breakthrough. I don't know, maybe a month or so later, had an altar call for salvation. A man got saved, and I realized that was one of those husbands. Yeah. I thought, we started, we're underway. And then about a month later or six weeks later, another husband got saved. After a while, after a period of maybe three months, six months, I don't know, maybe nine months, a 
maybe half a dozen husbands, uh, uh, unsaved husbands gave their lives to Jesus Christ because we went after a breakthrough. And we thought, we, this is not good enough. We're not going to put up with this. He is the Lord of the breakthrough. He is the God of breakthroughs. Another time in a church where there was all these beautiful girls. I don't know what this church is like, probably full of beautiful girls. Most churches are. But there weren't too many good-looking guys there. <laughs> and, and so there was a bit of a problem in that church. And uh, you know, I just noticed all the girls woke up suddenly. There was a, <laughs> did he say something about guys? Yeah. <laughs> so what they decided to do, they said, we need a breakthrough. They're smart. And so they started praying. They said, God, the girls started praying. I guess some of the mothers started praying. I don't know about the fathers, but the mothers did too. And they said, God, you know, would you send us, you know, the best looking, you know, the charismatic, the wealthy, you know, those with washboard abs, those that are super intelligent. And then I got saved. It's actually, it's actually a true story. The details, the details of what they look like were not maybe quite true, but I actually was one of the ones that got saved. The point was, <laughs> I think Joe was one of the ones that got saved too. <laughs> He's a God of breakthrough. Sometimes we just don't go after it. We, we just tolerate stuff. And God is saying, no. I'm bigger than that. I can help you and do something about it. So let's go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. And we read these words. In the beginning, God created the heavens and earth. The earth was without, without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. Maybe that's you tonight. Just darkness. Some area of your life. Maybe not all of it, but maybe there's parts of your life. There's, there's just darkness. It's like a grave, if you like. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. So there's darkness, and the Spirit of God's working. But nothing happens. Have you ever been in a meeting like that? You've got darkness, the Spirit of God's moving, but nothing changes. It's happened to me a lot. But in verse 3, it says, Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Nothing happened until God made a declaration. Until the words came out of his mouth. And he said something and it goes on and on. And whenever God speaks, something happens. Bill Johnson goes as far as saying, he reckons nothing happens in the kingdom of God without declaration. Without someone getting those words out. Of their mouths and saying so. I don't know if that's entirely true, but I know that words spoken are very, very powerful. Do you know that um, a lot of the songs we sing are actually declarations? You know, great is thy faithfulness. You know, his promise still stands. You know, his promises are yes and amen. They're declarations, aren't they? What do those declarations do for you? They build your faith. Because faith comes what? By hearing. And when you hear these songs, they build your faith. Especially if you engage with the songs, your faith is being built. So those words are coming out. We're, do, we're making declarations actually all the time. So Proverbs uh, 18.21 says, life and death are in the power of the tongue. You know, our words are powerful. We, how many of you know God's words are powerful? Is that right? Right. Guess what? You're made in the image of God. 
So therefore, your words are powerful as well. And the closer we get to God, I think the more powerful our words can become. But the, the, the tra- the, I can prove to you how powerful words are because some people say, oh, I'm not so sure about it. Some of us, many of us have been affected for decades by words spoken to us when we were younger by a teacher or a leader or a coach or, or a peer or someone else who just said, you're not going to amount to much. You know, you're stupid. You're fat. You're ugly. You know, you're no good. You, you don't have a future. You, you know, all of those, how many of you know that deeply affects your life? I mean, it affected me for decades. I suffered with some of this stuff because words have power. And so we need to be careful the words that come out of our lives. And, um, you, know, you know, these words can be very, very damaging and uh, can really hinder us. My, my grandson, which we haven't got his picture of tonight, but his name is, his name is Zach. And his mum's here tonight. And she would say that Zach at times is a bit of a challenge. And uh, yeah, he is a bit of a challenge. But virtually from the day Zach has been born, and I preach this all over the world, God gave me a phrase concerning Zach. That, and the phrase was this, he is the number one best boy. So even when he's misbehaving and all the rest of it, I'll send him mum a text and dad, I'll say, you know, Zach's the number one best boy, you know, and I think they just about... Throw, throw it out the door or something when I send it to them. But I keep saying it and making that declaration over him. But he, is, he, he keeps improving all the time. He's still got a way to go. But my words, is like a prophetic declaration over his life. You see, I am Zach's champion. I'm his champion. And uh, you know, I tell him, you're my best friend. I say, it's going to be like that. I don't care what you're like. We're going to be best friends right to the very end. He knows how much I love him. But see, I'm his champion. I want to ask you a question. Whose champion are you? Do you know everybody needs a champion? And most people don't have a champion. So why don't you make a decision? You're going to be a champion for, well, whoever it might be, because those words can change people's lives. So, you know, life and death are in the power of the tongue. So my question is, you know, the words coming out of your mouth and my mouth, are they, are they creating life or are they creating death? You know, are you speaking life into your family? Are you speaking life into your kids? Are you speaking life into your business, into your workplace? Are you speaking life into your church? What what are you speaking? Because it's either life or death. There's nothing in between. And so if we can get on top of our words, it's going to change our life. Have you ever noticed that people who are constantly negative never live in victory? Why? Because your words create an atmosphere around you in which you have to live. You create your own atmosphere. You can change your atmosphere tonight. You know, for the rest of your life, you can create an atmosphere of life all around you and all around the people that you're engaged with. And it's all in, it's all in your hands to be able to, to do that. And, uh, and let's not be de- uh, defeated by our own words. There's a story that comes out of the islands, you know, up in the islands, when New Zealand, I don't know whether, which islands it was, but there was an island culture. And they had an unusual custom there. I don't know if it still applies today. But men would trade cows for a wife. All right, stay with me. So a father might receive two cows for an average daughter. Above average, three cows. Only a rare beauty would get four cows. So there was this father, and he had a daughter. And in his own opinion, she was below average. It's a bit sad, isn't it? And so he was hoping for one cow. It's a true story. Stay with me. Settle down, Joe and Danny, all right? So good to have my friend Danny here with us. It's just, 
Yeah, I'm always, he's always over in New Zealand, Auckland, and we're always looking after him and being with him, and it's just great to be on the other side here, and uh, looking forward to that. It's great. Anyway, going back to our story, so this guy's got one daughter, she's below average, but there's a man on the island who's the most clever trader on the island, and he offers not one cow for this girl, not two, not three, not four, eight cows. Now remember, rare beauty gets four. He offers eight. Everyone thinks he's lost his mind. But it wasn't long before this girl was transformed into the most beautiful woman on the island. And the reason was she kept hearing, I'm an eight-cow woman. I'm an eight-cow wife. And she was transformed into one. That's the power of the words. So here's a question. Those of you who are married here tonight, I want you to turn to your wife and tell her how many cows is she worth. Come on, let's hear it. Let's hear it. There's going to be some domestics tonight. I know it. Just for the record, just for the record, my wife, whose photo we don't have, is worth a thousand cows. Beat that. Can I just say that this is not a hyper-faith message? This is not name it and claim it, blab it and grab it. This comes out of relationship with God. It's important to understand that. I'm always, and Danny knows me well, I'm always working at getting closer to God. Always. That's my greatest passion, is to get closer to God. And as I do, I'm more, I'm more led by the Spirit. My faith increases, and the words I speak are more in tune with what God wants me to say or declare. And so at the end of the service, we're going to make some declarations, and they will be powerful. And uh, having said that, it's not a magic wand that's going to solve every problem. But it is a tool that I'm placing in your hands that I know works. And I know you're going to get more breakthroughs because of this than maybe you have up to this point in time. And... Um, I've seen so many breakthroughs in my life. So I want to share with you just some ways about how do you go about these breakthroughs. So the first one is declaring God's word. You see, declaring what the Bible says, I believe, is a great key to breakthrough because you're actually declaring what God has already said. The Bible says if two agree is touching anything, it shall be done, right? So if me and Danny agree, that's powerful. But when God and I agree, that's next level. That's absolutely next level. Because you've got agreement with you know, the, the, the truth itself. You've got the agreement with God himself. So when you agree with God by declaring his word, it's an incredible, powerful thing to break through. So when Satan was attacked by Jesus, when, when Satan attacked Jesus, every time, how did he get his breakthrough? He kept saying to the devil, it is written. It is written. He declared the word of God. And as he declared the word of God, Satan had to run. Satan had to flee. And so that's how we defeat the, de the enemy. But one of the problems I see, this church accepted, in, in the Western church today, they say most Christians, 85% of Christians do not read their Bible Monday through to Sunday. 
You cannot tell the devil what is written if you don't know what is written. You've got to know what is written. And so this is, this is a kind of scenario I see played out all the time. Is that, you know, someone's heard this message, they know about declaration, the devil starts to attack them, and so he's coming at them harder, and they say, devil, it is written. It's written, it's written. Devil, just give me 20 minutes, will you? Where's that Bible guy? Here it is. They find their Bible, dust off it, so much dust. (laughs) By the time they tell the devil what is written, they're finished. They're toast. They're done. You have to know what's written. You've got to know. A number of years ago, my wife, whose photo we don't have tonight. <laughs> so <laughs> she, got, she got pain in, her, in both her feet. It's not because I kicked her or anything like that. She got pain in both her feet, and she loves to exercise. You know, I often ask her, she's on the cross train, I say, can you do 20 minutes for me? She always says, no. That's not kind, is it? I go, you do 20 minutes for me? She said, do your own 20 minutes. I said, okay, all right. Anyway, I still prayed for her feet, even despite her treatment of myself. But she was really upset about it, and it went on for about six weeks, two months, or however long it was, I can't remember. And uh, one night, she's lying in bed, and I thought, I've got to pray for these feet, because it really was distressing her. So I put my hands on her feet, and, uh, and, I, and I just started crying out to God. And as I began to pray, immediately, Luke 10, 19, I quoted it. You know, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy that nothing may by any means harm you. And I said, in Jesus' name, I said, I trample the scorpion of pain in my wife's feet, underneath my feet, and I command this pain to go. God, you said, you know, I can trample on serpents and scorpions, and nothing will harm us. So I command this to go in Jesus' name. By the next day, the pain was gone, and it never came back again. The point I'm making is this. You see, that verse of Scripture, it came out of the reservoir of God's Word in my life because I read God's Word every day. Maybe if I'm traveling and, you know, there's shift and change in hours, I might miss a day here or there. But very rarely will I miss it. So I'm getting God's Word into my life. And over and over again, you can say, Satan, it is written... It is written, and that's a great key to defending the enemy, is declaring what God's Word says. I remember um, a while ago, we were over, I was in Birmingham last year at doing our United Kingdom Beyond Conference, and I was having real trouble swallowing. And I, I could swallow, and it wasn't indigestion because I went to the doctors, but there was this, I don't know, reaction taking place, and it was really distressing. And I was about to host our first United Kingdom Beyond Conference. I was really really troubled by this. Fortunately, I have a lot of intercessors around me, and uh, had six of them had come on this trip. And so I said, look, guys, I need some prayer. They gathered around me, and they prayed. And then as they prayed, one of the intercessors just said the Psalm 124, verse 7, the snare is broken, and we have escaped. And she declared the word of God, and by the next morning, it was gone, and it never returned again. A declaration of the word of God is just so powerful. So with what you're facing right now in your life, the trials and tribulations you have, what is your declaration going to be? 
Are you going to, things are going to get worse? I won't get through this. Or are you going to declare God's word? Romans 8, 37, all these things, we are more than conquerors. Philippians 4, 30, and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good for them that love God. Philippians 4, 19, my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. If God be for us, who can be against us? What are you going to choose? You make your choice, what you're going to declare, and what's going to come out of your mouth. And that's going to give you a much better chance of victory and breakthrough in your life. Declaring God's word, I think, is a primary key to breakthrough with declaration. But there's a second point, and that is this, and that is prophetic declarations. Declarations made under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit bring tremendous breakthrough. Because we're now not speaking our own words, but we're speaking what God's saying to us, what God's telling us. That's why the promises of God to you are so important. When you declare those, it's because you're just repeating what God has already said. We'll get to that in just a moment. But uh, Isaiah 55, 11, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. It shall accomplish what I please. It shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. See, contained in what God speaks to us is the power to fulfill it. With the promise comes the power. You know, with the prophecy comes the power. We get a promise from God and we think, man, I'm going to have to really work hard to make this happen. Well, you've got to be diligent, but with the promise is the power. And when you understand that, it really liberates you into thinking, okay, God, I've got the promise. Now I'm just going to trust you and believe you. I'll do what I need to do in order to bring this thing to pass. You know, I spoke in a church a number of years ago, and it was a church of several thousand people. And uh, I went up there, and before I was going up there, God spoke to me. And he said, this church is going to double in size. And it was, already, it's, 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 it's a, it was already a really big church. And I thought, really, God? And I didn't know what to do with that word. And I thought, oh, gosh, what am I going to say here? You know, I was a bit annoyed, to be honest, because I wanted it to be for my church. But it was for someone else's church. And I thought, God, why are you giving me a word for someone else? What about for me? Anyway, you're not carnal like I am. I know that you're past that. But hey, some of us are still at that low level, you know, growing up in God. But anyway, I thought, well, I better be faithful to this word. Otherwise, you know, God may, you know, not do something good for me. So anyway, I, did, I preached a message just like this and got the whole congregation down at the end and said, you know, this church is going to double in size, it's going to double in size. And then we declared it numbers of times and they were really excited about it. And I thought, I'm out of here. <laughs> Hit and run, man. I don't want to know what's going to happen with this. Because I thought, you know, maybe in 50 years time, God will do something. And, you know, you, you can always put that disclaimer in there, can't you? <laughs> well, that church, after a couple of years, not only doubled in size, tripled in size. That's the power of declaration. It's when God gives you something, get it out of your mouth. It takes some courage. It takes some boldness. But if you just keep it locked inside, it doesn't have the ability to bring a transformation and a change that God wants to happen in your, in your situation or in your life. You know, my church, I believe, does have a breakthrough anointing. And one of the keys there is that we make declarations all the time. We, we, we are a praying church, and we pray a lot. But a lot of our praying, or in our praying, there's a lot of declarations as well. We just keep declaring what God has said to us. We just keep reminding God. God, you said. And we didn't say this, God. This wasn't that. God, you said. That's powerful stuff, friends. That's powerful. God, no, no, God, you said. You know, you, don't, you do it with humility, not with arrogance. But you remind God, and God likes to be reminded. Uh, from us. 
And so um, we, do, we do that a lot, a lot of the time. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So a number of years ago, I was speaking at a conference, just a small conference. There wasn't even a lot of people there, but there was a prophet there. You know, that's why you, 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 know, you don't always choose where you go by all these other barometers, if you like. You go where God wants you to go. And so I was in this place, speaking away, and this prophet comes, I've got a word for you, I've got a word for you. And he says, it's been burning in my heart. I said, great, great. And he told me this word, and he went on about a number of things. But he said, he said, your, your church now, he said, you're going to come into acceleration of expansion. And I thought, oh, well, there's, you know, you get prophecies, you know, think, oh, yeah, I'll put that on the shelf. Maybe in the next five, ten years, something's going to happen. Because, you know, because you, you, most prophecies don't happen that quickly. But this one, man, within months, Danny, it just started to happen. This acceleration of expansion. And so, you know, I've been running Church Unlimited about 20 years, and we had two campuses, all right? So we had one, and then we just started a second campus. And that's, you know, we weren't looking for too, doing too much more than that. In the next two years, remember, 20 years, two campuses. In the next two years, we went from two to seven campuses. It was just explosive. It was amazing. But it all came from what? A word from God, acceleration of expansion. But it didn't stop there. We grabbed it, Jody will bear testimony there, and we declared it. And we did, God, you said, you said, you said acceleration of expansion. And of course, uh, it came to pass and God fulfilled it. So it was really exciting um, when you declare what God has spoken to you. There was a boy by the name of Bobby, and he was raised in church, but he became really rebellious. Walked away from God, walked away from his family, walked away from church. One day he just disappeared gone. And uh, for two years, he's gone. Parents have no idea where he is. They thought, has he committed suicide? Has he been murdered? Has he overdosed on drugs because he wasn't living a very good life? One day, the father's driving the car along. There's this crushing pain in his heart. And he stops his car, gets out, and something stirs deep within him. And he points to the north and he says, Bobby, come home. South, Bobby, come home. East and west, Bobby, come home. Two days later, father opens the door and there's Bobby. And he says to Bobby, he said, Bobby, what brought you home? And I quote, Bobby said, I was sitting on a porch of an old shack on the edge of the Arizona desert, stoned on drugs. See, the wind started blowing, and it grew stronger and stronger. He said, Dad, I'm sure I heard your voice in the wind saying, Bobby, come home. And I got here as fast as I could. Isn't that an amazing story? You know what's even more exciting than that? I preached this message in Invercargill in New Zealand a few years ago. And after a while, we got an email from a mother from the church where I spoke. And she said, my daughter had disappeared. Didn't know where she was. She said, I heard your message about Bobby. She thought, well, let's try this. She started to call her daughter home. She sent me an email through and she said, Pastor Tart, I want you to know, my daughter has come home. Wow. 
You know, some of this stuff is really powerful. You know, th this book is real. Sure, we don't experience enough of it. And that, I think that's what paralyzes a lot of people. They just don't see enough results. They don't see enough answers. And they sort of kind of give up. I'm just trying to call you out of the grave to come and get up. And let's go again. Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. You cannot base your faith on your own experiences or the experiences of others. You've got to stick with the book. You've got to stick with the book. And to stick with the book, you've got to read the book. <laughs> you know, it's full of inspiring stories. I mean, I, I just love reading the Bible. It's, it's just, there's just so much good stuff in there. All right, third point. And that is speak to your mountains. It's really stretching it out, but I've got some good stories on this one. Mark eleven twenty three. Whoever says to this mountain, notice how many times it says the word says. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, does not down in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Three times. Says, says, says. Three times. Declares, declares, declares. So we are to speak to mountains and command them to be removed. If you want to look into the story of the Red Sea and Moses there, Moses at the Red Sea, the enemy's coming behind him, the water's in front. He, start, he cries out to God, and God says, why are you crying out to me? He said, you, you raise the rod. I'll back you up and part the sea. But he's saying, Moses, you get on with this. You know, God has given us more authority than we realize. And I think that's a whole other message in itself that we need to understand. But often when Jesus and the apostles prayed, you want to research this? It was more commands and declarations like, arise, be open, take up your bed and walk, you know, um, be cleansed. Come out. What are they? Declarations under the inspiration and the authority of God. Someone once said, and you know, I'm a prayer, but someone once said, you know, any prayer longer than 30 seconds is unbelief. And I know what they're saying. Sometimes we pray, pray, and pray, but we don't believe anything. Smith Wigglesworth said, I can get more out of a moment of faith than a month yelling at God. Some of us are good at yelling at God. But how about adding a bit of faith in there? Let's yell at God and add faith as well. And we've got a double dose of the Holy Ghost and something's going to happen. <laughs> Too often we plead with God when he's actually given us some authority. There's a great verse in Zechariah 4 verse 7. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you'll become a plain with shouts of grace, grace to it. Mountains move when we shout grace. Especially when God guides us to shout grace. So in my church, before I was there, they had a neighbor who hated the church. He hated it so much that he'd get the loudspeakers 50 feet up his lawn, facing the church, and he'd blast the services with music, whether it's a Sunday services, weddings, or whatever it might be. And it was an absolute pain for the church people. Well, we're from West Auckland, and where my church is, we have a lot of strong men from up in the islands, six foot six, 180 kgs. And they came to the pastor and they said, Pastor, we can stop this music tonight. Just give us the word. 
Now, if it was me, I would have said, go for it, boys, let's do this. But this pastor is more godly than I am. He said, no, no, just won't go down that track. So anyway, they had a guest ministry come through. And the guest ministry preaching away. He knows about this house. And God gives him this verse by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So he gets the whole church to stand up. He said, I want you to face this property. So they all stood up. They faced that property. And they all said, grace, grace, grace to that property. Within about three weeks, all the music stops. Wow. Uh-huh. Shortly afterwards, the house is put on the market. Guess who owns that property now? Church Unlimited. Yeah. Yeah, and listen, and we needed that property, okay, so we could put up our big auditorium and have more car parks. And so God shifted the devil out of the place, <laughs> and we run that house down <laughs> and paved it with concrete, and, and, and it's all ours now, and it's fantastic. The power of declaration. I know the story of this teacher, brand new teacher, disqualified, and she, her class was a disaster. The kids were terrible. And so she was ready to quit teaching. But she heard someone preach on this verse, grace, grace. So her and her husband would go in 8 o'clock in the morning before the kids came. They'd walk around the classroom going, grace, 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 grace. And their testimony is, they told me the testimony. They said it wasn't long before the kids were totally transformed. Their behavior absolutely improved. And she now is an outstanding teacher 30 years later. But she could have given up on the whole thing in those very early years if she didn't understand some of these principles. Can I say it again? We put up with too much. We just put up with it. Whereas God has given us more tools in our hands. I'm just giving you one of the tools that we can use in our hands to see God do things in our lives. One last thought before we make some declarations. And that is declare blessing and God's call over others. Get it out of your mouth. Get it out of your lips. This is what Jesus did. This is what God does all the time. See, Jesus, or God creates new realities over people through declaration. So he spoke to Abram. And he says, no, no, new reality coming here. No longer Abram. You're now Abraham, father of nations. He, through, through a spoken word, he created a new reality over Abraham, over Abram. Same with Jacob. He's a deceiver. He's crooked. He's a you know, usurper. And he said, no, no, okay, let's make, give, this, give you a new reality. Makes a declaration. You're no longer Jacob. You're now Israel, a prince with God. And the man is completely transformed. Then there's Gideon. Gideon hiding away, fearful of the enemy. And the, and the Lord comes to him and says, Gideon, you mighty warrior. Like Gideon's anything but a mighty warrior. But God makes a declaration over him. And guess what? He becomes a mighty warrior. People become what we believe about them in many cases. And we need to speak these things over people's lives. You see, God will never speak to you, listen, as though you're a loser. And he won't speak to you like you are today. All he speaks to you is what he knows you can be. That's all God does. 
He's always speaking to me what he knows I can be. And sometimes I'm, I'm amazed. I think, God, really? I don't see that. I can't. He said, yes, it's you. That's what I'm going to do through you. And he's always speaking those things. And we need to speak those things over other people. Discern the gifts and callings of God over people and speak it into their lives. And speak it into being and call forth the greatness that is resident within them. People have more gifts and abilities than we ever realize. But we've got to discern it. They can't see it. Sometimes we can see it. When you see it, get it out of your mouth. Call forth the greatness. Call forth the, the, the gifts and the callings of God that are resident within people's lives. The only reason I have a radio, a television ministry is I was in Sri Lanka minding my own business. And the leading prophet in India came up to me. We were doing meetings in Sri Lanka. And he said, Tart, you need to have a television ministry. And I said, are you out of your mind? Like I thought, I don't want a television ministry. I have a face for radio. I don't like wearing white suits. And I don't want three private jets. So I just thought, so good that these prophets get it wrong from time to time. Because this one is really wrong. I'm flying Singapore to Auckland. And I think it's the only time, Joe, this has ever happened in my life. God gives me the gift of faith. And he says, you will have a television ministry. I said, no, I won't. He said, you will have a television ministry. I said, no, I won't. Yes, you will. No, I won't. How many of you ever won an argument with God? <laughs> in nine months. Seriously. We knew nothing about TV. We didn't have a camera. Didn't have a camera operator. We knew zero. In nine months. We're on national television. Why? A prophet made a declaration and created a new reality over my life. Called forth something in me that I never even knew existed. And you know there's people sitting here right through this auditorium, Joe? Other pastors? There's gifts in abundance. If we released every person in this room with their gifts to their potential, we would change Adelaide. We don't need 10,000 people. We just need, there's enough in this room to transform this community or the community that you are in. We just got to call forth what God has put in people's lives. And one way we do it is through the words of our lips and we speak out and make declarations over people's lives. As you make declarations, you're going to create an atmosphere of breakthrough all around you and those around you. It's time to make some declarations. It's time to see some amazing breakthroughs in your life and in your church. And remember, as the musicians come, that God has a miracle for you. Amen. Amen. Can we stand together, please? It's such a great crowd. So, you even laugh when I'm not funny. <laughs> How are you up in the balcony? You all right up there? Good. Good on you. It's great. Just something I love to do whenever I preach. If you just close your eyes for a few moments. I know this is a conference. There may be someone or a few people here tonight. And you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. You're not saved. You're not a Christian. 
Maybe you're lost in some grave, in some dark place, broken, hurting. Or maybe just searching for answers. You know that there's more to life than you're experiencing right now, and you just don't know what it is. And somehow you find yourself here. I'm telling you, there's only one answer, and his name is Jesus. He's the all in all. He's everything. You don't have to look any further except Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, you're not saved and you want to be, I'd love to pray with you tonight before we move on in this service. Or maybe you once knew Jesus, but today you're just backslidden. You've gone. Maybe things happen and you just walked away from God. If that's you, I just want you to know that God loves you and he's calling you and he wants you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants you to be a part of his family. So tonight, if you don't know Jesus, you want to, or you're backslidden away from God, you want to come back to him, you'll let me pray for you tonight. If that is you, could you just do something? It's not that simple, but it takes a little bit of courage. Could you just raise your hand and just say, yeah, that's me. I want to give my life to Jesus tonight. I want to be saved. I want to get right with God. If that is you, just raise your hand. I'm going to wait about 30 seconds, and then we're going to move on. But is it? If there's someone here tonight, I always like to give that opportunity. If there's one person or two or whatever it might be, I just love to give that opportunity. I'd hate to someone to go out from here not having a chance to make their peace with God. For God so loved the world, John 3, 16, that he gave his only son, Jesus. Whoever believes in him, whoever, black or white, young or old, rich or poor, educated, never been, it doesn't matter, not perish, but have everlasting life. Is there anyone here tonight before we move on Please, just raise your hand. We'd love to pray with you. Okay, right. Who's ready to make some declarations? You up for this? Okay, let me tell you how it works. So we're going to put a declaration up on the screen. The first one's going to be, by his stripes... I am healed. All right, so it's going to come up very shortly. And um, so what we do is we just declare it three times. All right, we say it three. Have we got that, that one there? Not there. Oh, yeah, there it is. There we go. By his stripes, I am healed. So what we do is we, we declare it three times. And then you give the Lord a clap and a praise and a shout as if, The Wallabies just won the World Cup rugby, which is not going to happen, but anyway, but pretend it did, just pretend it did, or your favorite team wins, all right? See, when when you clap and when you praise, it's almost like you're receiving the victory, you're receiving the breakthrough, you know, you're putting some faith, see, a lot of it, you know, declaring is one thing, but you've got to put your faith behind your declaration. And for those of you who are sick tonight, why don't you believe that tonight, what, why not tonight? You know, I always say to people, faith is now. Faith is now. Faith is right now, today. You know, not next year. You don't need, that's hope, next year. Faith is now. So we're going to do that. You give the glory, clap and a shout. And then there's a guy over here on the drums. And the, Joe will never give you this permission. But you have license to go. All right? So whatever you noise you can make in that shelter, we're gonna, we're gonna, we need to hear it. All right? Are you okay? So after we've done it three times, you go for it. And these guys can join in as well, do whatever you want, all right? So, so we're just creating an atmosphere of faith. 
atmosphere of presence, atmosphere of power. And you know, we're just generating something here tonight to see, because there are people here who need, need breakthroughs. We've got about five or six of these to do tonight. Then we'll, get, we'll close it out very shortly after that. So we're ready for this? Three times, all together, clap, shout, the drums go. And then when I go like this, you stop the drums, all right? Otherwise, sometimes they go all night. All right. Are you ready? Okay. By His stripes, I'm healed. Okay, let's go. By His stripes, I am healed. By His stripes, I am healed. By His stripes, I am healed. feel it build, eh? You just feel it build, don't you? It's so good. So there's a lot of faith in this place. See, that's the beauty of being with God's people. You, you put all our faith together. You may come with a little faith, but we put it all together and you start, anything can happen and it probably will. Here's the next one. How many of you got unsaved family or friends? It's just about everyone. All my family will be saved. That's scripture. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll be saved and your household. All right. So this is a big one here. All my family will be saved. We're going to do this five times because I know it means so much to you, so much to me, and so much to God. That's why Jesus came. Save our families. So get ready for family to start getting saved. Do you know what God's putting in my heart? Because my family is about 50, 60, 70 people with all my relatives and that. God's putting in my heart. It's going to be a revival. Actually going to be a revival. In my family. I'm going after that. Some of you may have to go after a revival in your family because there's just so many of them. Okay, you ready for this? Five times. All my family will be saved. Let's go. All my family will be saved. 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 Yes. Yes. All Before we go on, just close your eyes. Just imagine your family. Visualize them. Imagine whatever you want to do in church. Just see them. In some church somewhere. Mm. I often see my own brothers and sisters. Some of them are saved. I sort of see them just surrendering to Christ. Thank you, Father. Jesus, by your Spirit, Lord. God, send a revival. Send a revival, God. Send a revival in our families. God, save them. Spirit of the Lord. Spirit of the Lord. Spirit of the Lord. Spirit of the Lord, send a great revival. Send a great revival. Jesus. Jesus.
God is in the place. The Spirit of the Lord is here. Here's another one. I receive my breakthrough now. Remember I mentioned during my service early on that one, that one you really want. That one you really, really want. I've got one I so want. Been struggling with it for years. I really want it. I know that many of you are the same. I receive my breakthrough. Now we better give this one five as well because it's just so precious to all of us. And just why don't you just muster as much faith as you can. And you start to think, this is my night. This is my night. This is my night. This is my night of breakthrough. This is my night. You ready? Five times I receive my breakthrough. Now, let's go. I receive my breakthrough. Now, 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 I receive my breakthrough. faith rising in your heart when you go from this place I want you to go with a lot of faith in your heart for the future that's ahead for you you know and I really got a couple more yet I really believe God's wanting to raise up you know Christians pastors leaders with a breakthrough anointing because that's what we need we need that in our communities we need in our churches we need it we need it in the nation you know and he wants churches with a breakthrough anointing. Some of you pastors, you know, go back and you're going you're gonna to start to see things you've, you've just not seen before. You know, you're going to see breakthroughs start to happen. And, you know, gosh, gosh. Mm. Mm. I just really believe uh, Joe and I was trying to get right, Lena, Lena. I think God's going to strengthen your leadership. He's going to strengthen your leadership. You know, because what you're doing is, I think, I believe it's, it's more significant than you realize. It's, you're more, yeah, there's more hinges on this than we realize. We see it within our own framework and parameters, but God sees a much bigger picture of what he's, what's on his heart and what he wants to do through you guys. And I believe he will, will strengthen and just increase the, that, that mantling of the Spirit upon your lives. Yeah. More apostolic. More apostolic. More apostolic. More apostolic. In fact, what we might just do right now is I haven't got a slide for this, but I just want us to, we declare increased leadership and anointing on Pastor Joe and Lena. Is that all right? Everyone happy to do that? Can you stretch forth your hands in this direction here? So we're just going to do it three times. Can you remember those words? We declare increased leadership and anointing on Pastor Joe and Lena. All right? We declare increased leadership and anointing. Let's just do it three times, and we'll give our drums a go as well, all right? So why don't we really believe this? You know, we 
Didn't we preach before about, you know, creating new realities? You know, calling forth the giftings? You know, there was a real sense of God on that. And that's what we're doing. We're calling forth, you know, what's, what's locked into the sight of these guys' lives. The gifts and abilities they don't even know they've got yet. And the ones that are going to multiply and increase and enlarge and strengthen and, and see, yeah, some amazing things. Are you ready for this? All right, three times. Let's go. We declare increased leadership and anointing upon Pastor Joe and Lena. We declare increased leadership and anointing upon Pastor Joe and Lena. We declare increased leadership and anointing upon Pastor Joe and Lena. Yeah, yeah. receive it. All right. There will be a great revival in Adelaide. Now, if you're from somewhere else, you just change the name. All right. So whatever, wherever you're from, Sydney, all of you who want to just do Auckland, I'm happy for that as well. All right. But there will be a great revival wherever you're placed. All right. So let's just do that three times and uh, then we're going to do one more after that maybe. Okay. And we're done. Are you ready? So what is it? There'll be a great revival in whatever. Three times. Let's go. There will be a great revival in Adelaide. There will be a great revival in Adelaide. There will be a great revival in I need permission for the last one. There's some land you want. Grace? We're up for it? You know, there's a church in India, Chennai, 30,000 people struggling to get some land. Stacks of it missing. So I went in there and I said, come on, grace, grace to the land. And he sent me an email some months later saying after those declarations, he said um, a, a massive amount of that land was released to them. The Hindus were holding out on They still got a little bit they still need to get, but it just made a huge difference. So we're going to believe these guys need this land just right over here. Okay. Is that all you need? Is there anything you want to stretch it out a bit further? <laughs> How far do you want to go? <laughs> just to whatever. All right. All right. So I heard that these guys can go up as well. So, oh man, this is, gosh, this is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So let's all face, why don't you stretch forth your hands out there? We're going to say grace to that piece of land that it be released. Uh, when, when do we want it released? Soon? Soon. Release soon, all right? We, yesterday. All right. We read it five times and then the drummer, you can go for it. So come put some faith behind this. You know, we're going to really believe this land's going to be released for the kingdom of God for the saving of many, 
you know, for the healing of many, the restoration of many, you know, the, the brokenness being restored. So much need, isn't there, in this city of Adelaide. So we need this land. God needs this land. Grace, five times. Ready? Let's go. Grace, 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 grace. No, I just think we need to. Just, just stir that faith up. Come on, land's coming. It's coming. Grace is going to bring it. Grace is going to... Nothing's too hard for God. We're going to get it at the right price. Going to get it at the right price. All right. Which is much less than it's worth. All right. Okay. Yeah. That's the way God works. Yeah, he'll do it. All right, ready? Let's go there again. Ready? Let's go. Grace! Grace! I've got a song for us. My books are for sale at the back and at, at, after at the end as well. So let's go. Thanks, God. They're playing the wrong song. You called my name. Yeah, come, come on. on. And I ran out of that grave. sing that again now. Your grave, you're coming out. Tonight, you're coming out of that grave, whatever that is, whatever it looks like, it's different for everyone in this room. But come on, there's a book written, I think, about the grave robber. He's the one that empties the graves. We've all got graves in our lives tonight. It's there to believe. We're coming out. Who's ready to come out? Come out of your grave. Come out of that addiction. Come out of that sickness. Come out of that whatever it is happening in your life or your family or your finances or your debts. Come out of the grave. These guys are so good. Take it away, guys. You called my name.
people tonight. Come on, that was amazing. It's a great start to a conference and just a great word, a great, great word of faith. You can just feel the faith lifting. And I know there's more faith in me and it's just powerful. In the name of Jesus, we just claim that land in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. A couple of years ago, we had a, a Lutheran pastor that came in, in, into the church with a, with, he was a, with a historian. And uh, Pastor Joseph spoke to them and they wanted to know about the history of our church. And um, our church knows this. And um, Joe began to tell them about the history of this church and how we started and we moved here. And, and he said um, uh, the first Lutheran church was built on this site. Uh, the WEA site and this site here actually was the first Lutheran church was built. In fact, there's a plaque on the WEA building just next door with the actual, it was built in 1950, no, 1918 something or other. Uh, it was built and uh, so we believe this land belongs to Jesus. Amen. We, be we believe we're not here by accident. We believe here that God has ordained and um, that God would use us in a powerful way and, and every church that's represented here. Tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock, Pastor Danny's going to be sharing the first session. And we're looking forward to that session. And then uh, Pastor Tark, afternoon electives. And then we're coming back tomorrow night for another great rally. It's going to, Pastor Tark's going to be sharing. It's going to be a powerful night and a great weekend. So we're uh, looking forward to it. God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Amen. <laughs>